Welcome to Grails, a podcast by Alton Insights. My name is John Tunger, and in this episode, I'm joined by Aton Butler. He's the chairman of the Dalmore Group. They're an investment bank that basically helps all of your favorite fractional platforms, Otis, Rally, Collectible. If you name a fractional company, they probably help them navigate all of the logistics that happen behind the scenes that it takes to offer something like a Michael Jordan rookie card or a bunch of real estate, all of these luxury assets that we can now invest in like they're a stock. So to say that Aton has inside knowledge of what's going on at all these companies would be a bit of an understatement. So let's get started going behind the scenes with Aton Butler from the Dalmore Group. Believe it or not, buying shares in a rare Michael Jordan card or a luxury wine collection wasn't always possible. But in 2012, the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, or Jobs Act, was passed into law with bipartisan support by Obama. And the goal of this law was to make it easier for small businesses to fundraise money. And there were a bunch of exemptions in that law that made it possible for companies like Rally Otis or Collectible to fundraise money online at scale for these rare assets. But obviously this is a very complicated regulated process and that's where the Dalmore Group comes in. Although they were founded in 2005, so this type of investing wasn't always a major part of their business. The first 10 years we were focused primarily on providing institutional investment banking and corporate advisory services to private and public companies in multiple sectors, multiple industries. And we're still quite active on the institutional investment banking front. And really since 2012-13, the JOBS Act that took place at that time, we've been heavily involved in some of those securities exemptions like Regulation D, 506C, more recently Reg A, and most recently Reg CF that are really designed to help companies raise capital online at scale. And that's something right. that we, we specialize in now. Right. And so talk a bit about that. All of a sudden, this legislation that comes in that's trying to make it easier for people to fundraise money. What, what happened there? Well, it's twofold, right? It, it, uh, the JOBS Act was really designed to uh, democratize access to investment opportunities on the one side, where um, the everyday American international investor, really anyone over 18, could finally be able to participate and, and invest in opportunities, uh, in assets that otherwise were really only available to the super rich or the accredited or institutional investor. Uh, and at the same time, democratize access to investors or family offices or accredited investors now for the first time are able to bring their offering, bring their investment opportunity out to the masses, right? right. So it's massive in that regard. Okay. And so for most of the listeners of this podcast, mainly what we're working with is regulation A, Reg A. And yeah. This is what it's thrown around that I don't think a lot of people have any idea of what that even means. What is Reg A for someone listening? So for for the in layman's terms, uh, Reg A is a is a securities exemption uh, that allows companies that are looking to raise capital under that under that exemption. Um, what's unique about Regulation A is, and unlike other uh, more tr uh, traditional uh, regulations like Regulation D is that you're able to raise capital from anyone over 18, 
uh, whether mm. they're accredited investors, which means they make a certain amount of money or have a certain net worth, um, or whether you're unaccredited, right? Really anyone over 18 could participate really for the first time ever in these opportunities. Right. Uh, and, and it allows for everyday investors to build a portfolio of assets or investment opportunities in a similar way that a venture capital fund would go, go upon uh, building a portfolio. Right. And how, how do you guys work in when it comes to this whole equation? What is the Dalmore Group come alongside these companies and help them do? Because even when I go to your website, you look, you guys do a bunch of different stuff, but it's like, okay, but you help assist them, you help get it to market. What exactly is your guys' role in all this? It's pretty comprehensive. You know, um, one of the main components of what we do is for companies that are looking to take advantage of Regulation A and launch a Regulation A offering. In order for them to legally be able to raise capital in 50 states, it's very helpful for them uh, and very efficient for them to include a broker-dealer who is registered and licensed in all those states, mm. right? So they get to take advantage of our, it's called blue sky uh, capabilities, our, our, our registration in all 50 states. The broker-dealer also performs due diligence on the issuer. Right. So from an investor's perspective, it's helpful to know that there's a regulated entity that's actually mm. doing diligence on these deals. That's doing bad actor checks, background checks on the company that's reviewing all of the company's promotional and marketing materials. Right. Yeah. From a compliance perspective. Right. Um, and, and really overseeing the know your customer, the OFAC checks, the anti money laundering, all the things that happen on the back end, um, having a regulated entity involved in that process. Uh, is is helpful as well. So when the Jobs Act first came out and this started becoming a bigger thing, did you expect that this fractional marketplace world would be a big source of business for you guys? Like, was this something that you're like, oh wow, hey, that Riley Road, and you know, was that on your radar at all? Not as much as it is today. Uh, I'll tell you, Riley Road was one of our was one of our early clients, and they were they were a real pioneer in the space. I'm personally a big fan of their user experience and they're just really good people. And I think, I think they've inspired a lot of others to kind of, um, you know, witness what they're doing and, and try to do something similar or, you know, in, in similar categories or, or, in, or in other categories. Um, most of our clients in the beginning um, were, were not necessarily ser what's called series issuers, right? They were more traditional companies looking to raise at the time up to $50 million uh, through reggae for all types of companies, real estate companies, cannabis companies, biotech, mm. drones, artificial intelligence, you name it, where we've been involved. We, we currently have, I believe, 120 or so reggae clients. Wow. Uh, the fractional space, um, starting with Rally Road and then really turning into Otis uh, and then Collectible and My Resource and Arc7 and Arrived Homes, and you know who they are, right? You guys yeah. cover a lot of these guys. And, and there's many more that are about to come to market that I can't talk about yet, but you'll soon start to see there's a lot of yeah. folks going on, especially in the real estate space. And, and really anything can be fractionalized. It happens to be my personal favorite utilization of the regulation, right? Because mm. rather than a company going out and raising, let's say 50, or now you can raise up to $75 million a year to sell shares of their company or to give a, a, a yield to investors based on revenue they generate, you're able to drop a series of individual assets, a Michael Jordan rookie, a racehorse, a sports car, music rights, royalties, a single family home. And instead of investors going out and pulling together resources to try to bid on a product, all that work is taken care of for you. 
Yeah. And it's broken down into bite size increments where really anyone who has $10 or $30 or whatever it might be could buy a share in that. Uh, and, right. and that has exploded in popularity. Uh, and as a result of that, it's it's really helped lift the valuation of a lot of these assets that were trapped because they were only available to a very few amount of people who knew how to find them, who could afford to bid on them. Now, everyone could buy their dream card, could buy that Jordan rookie, right? Or that right. Gretzky rookie. And, and when you have that level of interest um, and, and more and more people that are able to participate, it's very healthy for the industry because they become more in demand um, and because more people could afford to, to be a part of those acquisitions. Are you a interested collector uh, of anything like yourself or did getting into this world where now all of a sudden rally approached you, did that get you more into the world of? Well, let me, let me show you something cool. I'll okay. show you, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question right here. So I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. I'm 46 years old. So in the eighties and nineties, I was a collector and I have a couple cards that are fun, right? One of them, the original oh, Jordan, Jordan rookie sitting on my desk. It's only a seven and a half. This original, that's a star rookie right oh, there. It's wow. the 84, 85, right? And then I, of course, have, I have this one. Oh, explain uh, for the, the people. Center, the, this, the centering, this is, a, this is Magic, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird uh, rookie. I mean, come right. on. This is the one that went I on. I mean, I know. I'm just trying, I know what they are. I'm trying this, to, this I'm went trying for to what? For like, this went for like <laughs> 600 grand or so. I mean, but look, the centering's <laughs> a little off, right? I mean, that's a, but it's mint otherwise. I haven't gotten it rated yet. But I was a collector, and I have thousands and thousands of cards. Um, they, you know, some worth more than others. Some rated, some not. But but I'm you know I, I personally I'm personally passionate about the industry. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sure this whole generation is right. It's like we all kind of put these things in plastic 30 years ago, and we're we knew they'd be worth something. Uh, I, you know, and and we all wish we bought more and held more. Uh, or so kept I got in better know. condition. So for someone who loves this stuff, obviously, you know, just holding up a couple hundred thousand dollars there, you know, just casually, <laughs> what was it like the first time when Rob Petrozo or the rally team approached you? It was like, this is what we want to do. Can this happen? How did that work? Were you like, uh, yeah, fractional Michael Jordan cards, let's do it. What, what was that experience like? It's interesting. They're constantly introducing and releasing more and more assets. And that requires filing with the SEC, filing with FINRA, um, uh, trade reviews, because they're constantly, people are constantly investing. In, and, and so we need to do our job in the background to kind of review and approve all these transactions. Um, we've gotten better and better at it. And I think we were amongst probably the first. And, and, and I, I believe we were working with every single um, that I'm aware of fractional um, series issuer out there, maybe other than one. Right, you're the um, go-to shop. We're, we're, we're the go-to shop. We love the space. Um, and I think folks that are considering launching a series issuer, uh, a reggae series issuance, um, they, they find us because they take a look at the other uh, clients that inspire them and they look at the 1A and they see who the broker dealer is and they end up calling us and they say, look, we've been in our basement the last six months with COVID. We want to do this nft strategy or the single family home you know series strategy we see you're working with everyone help us put together the dream team how do we do this um and and fortunately you know based on the the, the years of, of experience we've had we've um we're able to see what works well and what doesn't work so well and and we share that knowledge with our new clients and that could be really helpful for a you know kind of an entrepreneur for the first time
dive into that a bit more what works well and what doesn't work well right because i would think it would be a pretty templated hey i want to create a marketplace i want to offer some item of value fractionalize it let people buy shares and then eventually create a secondary market right so dive into what works well what doesn't what are some of the more nuts and bolts of this world you want a seamless process and um and, and what's unique about um the reggae series issuers is it's really all about the user experience right you want to make it you want to you want to reduce friction and you, which increases conversion uh and and enjoyment of, of general usage of the app right the the series issuers unlike the typical reggae issuers they built apps they build a community of like-minded uh, investors who want who want participation in these fractionalized assets, and then they release asset after asset. Um, so the, 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 use, the user experience is is something that we have a lot to share uh, and a lot of examples to show uh, mm -hmm. as far as what works. Technology is also big, right? You know, there's there's different components that go in to a a reggae offering. There's uh, there's escrow, there's payment processing. Right there's transfer agent and there's secondary trading, uh, all of which are very important components that go into. So you want to be able to keep the costs down um, and and also have the most efficient, seamless process. Uh, yeah. And that's something we're getting better and better at. And that really helps the the issuers that we're working with. Yeah. So I think a lot of things that people in the community want more of is more secondary trading, even just like you said, yeah. right? So that's becoming more and more yeah. of a thing. Um, and then sometimes people are like, hey, let's just flip the switch, secondary trading. But then you have the CEOs of these companies that are saying, well, it's not that easy. This is regulated. There's things that we need to do. When someone wants to hop into secondary trading and fight for the eventual reality of, hey, everyday trading, what are some barriers that they need to get over? Why is this not just a switch that needs to be flipped on? Well, you, you, you don't, while you can, have a secondary marketplace on your app, right? So the user experience from an investor's perspective, they're still on your app. They're buying the IPO'd, you know, uh, primary issuances, and they're also buying and participating in secondary on your app. That's what you need. You, you can't just turn it on because it's regulated. And, and, and there's actually additional information as far as suitability and investment objective information uh, that the broker dealer is required to to receive from investors who want to participate in secondary. Uh, mm -hmm. So some issuers um, prefer to eliminate as much friction as possible in order to allow for their investors to buy IPO shares. Those who require and so so you could then um, start listing the IPOs. Uh, and then invite your investors to participate in secondary and put them through an additional process so that they could qualify to participate in the secondary marketplace. Others prefer to go through that process up front so that investors, while they may go through a, a more extensive upfront process, they are in a position to uh, participate both in primary and secondary trading. So right. it's not a matter of just necessarily flipping it on. You do, it is a regulated and coordinated effort. Um, but we, but but we've worked on, and what we have right now is what we believe to be the most efficient, seamless, cost-effective process that allows for issuers to turn that on, right? right. And uh, even though turning it on, it doesn't just mean turning it on; it means a whole lot that happens in the back. But um, but that's something that we handle as the broker dealer. Yeah, have you gotten a lot of pushback 
from like the SEC when it comes to listing these items? Like, what was it like first trying to get these things all listed? It's probably better uh, question for my for my compliance team that that kind of interacts with with Finra and 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 the SEC. Um, but this is a, a a perfectly legitimate utilization of the of the exemption. Um, it, it simply allows for um, fractionalized uh, participation in a series of individual assets rather than a company where you buy shares. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I and I think that now that it's become so much more utilized and popular, um, there aren't a whole lot of questions. You know, this is this is kind of you know right up the the alley as they say um, for, as far as we're concerned. Um, so it, it, you know, where, where we see a lot of questions are things where cryptocurrency might be involved, mm. uh, coin offerings might be involved, um, but 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 fractionalization of, of of specific assets like baseball cards or racehorses or dinosaur bones or music royalties or houses, etc. Uh, it's it's somewhat similar one item to the other. Uh, yeah. So it's not something that we get extra attention per se from, from on, on the regulatory front. Yeah. So I see, you know, I know you're kind of tipping your hand and you need to be careful to share too much, but so many people are are interested in what is the next step in the fractional world. And you say things like music royalties, you know, we, we see updates on the rally site. That's like, you know, intellectual property, right? All these different types of things. What do you see as the next wave and the type of assets that are offered? You know, the sky's the limit. It's limited by the creativity of the issuer. Um, we are seeing, obviously, you know, NFTs are, are becoming a thing, right? So we're seeing a lot of folks that are looking to fractionalize NFTs in very unique ways. So mm-hmm. I think we'll be seeing more of that. Um, and I, I, and we're seeing a whole lot of um, real estate offerings, right? Right, vacation homes, uh, rentals, single family homes, uh, a lot on the real estate side, because I think historically investors understand real estate. Uh, but not everyone has has the ability to participate in real estate to go buy a home and then find someone to rent it. But if right. you could buy shares in that and you could get exposure to that, excellent, right? Um, but you know, it's it's really, I mean, everything you could imagine is is being fractionalized, and more and more companies are are doing somewhat similar things, which is healthy for the marketplace, right? It spreads awareness. And a lot of these companies are venture, have venture funded, right? So they have big advertising budgets. So they're spreading awareness. Yep. It's very healthy for the industry. Uh, it's it's causing others to say, I have a great idea. It's a little bit different, but it's similar. Um, and so it, and it forces them all to keep improving their process. Right. They're, they're, you know, and, 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 that's, and that, I find that to be healthy as well. When it comes to things like real estate and just getting down to the nitty gritty. So say I wanted to go and start a company um, that is going to use Reg A. I'm going to let people fractionally invest into this real estate. Is it all like a, a REIT type investment, or do I go and say I bought three Airbnb houses, right? Three houses I want to offer on Airbnb. Is it could it be as small as that? Um, even that's yeah. just a couple million dollars, and then offer fractionally. So while we have a number of REIT structures and multiple kind of fund-like structures, um, we also, on, on the series issuance side, these are individual assets. And so, yes, you would have um, a single-family home that someone might buy for $100,000, and they may offer $10 shares to investors wow. who would participate in the rental revenues um, that are generated uh, from those assets. So, yes, it could be, it could be you know, small dollar amounts. Um, right. 
Because that's the other thing, too, that we're seeing a lot of is, you know, the whispers of the cash generating assets as well. And so that's something that I'm assuming your team still facilitates. I mean, that just sounds like even more of a process to facilitate. The yield, the, 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 the yield generating assets, we have a bunch of them. Uh, and and both on the traditional Reg A side, as well as the uh, kind of fractional, you know, series issuer uh, side as well. Uh, and that's a trend we're going to continue to see. Um, because there's a need for yield, right? I mean, and 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 the average American investor um, might not have been presented uh, with opportunities in reach that where they could go and acquire a piece of a investment property to see yield. And yeah. what's your alternative? You know, one percent CD. Um, you know, this is a you know, it's it's an alternative asset. Uh, it's not correlated, uh, and it gives the investors the opportunity and to have exposure in areas that they are fans of or that they simply want investment exposure to, whether that's a racehorse, and my racehorse won the Kentucky Derby, which is really cool, right? Uh, How cool is that, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's a great, I love that, that, that that's a great example. The and you literal get the lot of, of ticket worked, yeah. I mean, you, you, and we're gonna see more and more of that. Um, in, in, yeah, but, but it, it's, it's, it's really only limited by the imagination of the, of the issuer. Okay, so for someone listening who says, man, I want to start one of these, what is their next step, right? Talk to your potential future for, customer here. What familiarize yourself with who's out there. Look at our clients, right? Look at Rally, look at Otis, look at Collectible, look at Arrive, look at my resource, look, look at all these clients and what they're doing. Look at their 1A filings, you know, and, and, um, and, and pick something a bit different. Pick something unique, right, that, that, that speaks to you. Um, and you, you'll need a cast of characters to make it work, right? You'll need a you'll need a broker dealer. That's the role we play. Uh, you'll need a securities attorney who we could certainly help introduce you to you know, to, to folks we work with consistently. Uh, you'll need um, if you're building an app, you'll need to talk about that, right? You'll need to have those capabilities. We could be helpful in that regard as well. Um, you'll need a payment processor and an escrow provider, right? So that you could take credit cards and ACH and wire transfers, crypto, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll need a transfer agent, you'll need a sec- you know, secondary marketplace. And, and so it sounds like there's a lot of things, um, but we really act as a, as a one-stop shop to make that as, as easy as possible for the issuer uh, so that they can focus on their strategy uh, while we take care of the rest. And so what would I need to do in terms of getting you guys on board, right? Because you just said all that, that all sounds very expensive. So is that I need to be something I need to have funding to back me? Is that something where you're betting on future success when you find someone? You know, how do you guys make money in all this? And at what point as me as the entrepreneur, could I go to you? We certainly are are aligned with the success of our clients, right? Um, Our fee structure is open to the public. All you have to do is Go to any one of our clients' websites and click on the 1A, and you'll see every single thing in granularity. You'll see who they're working for with legal. You'll see our agreement, our terms. Um, and so we're certainly aligned with the success of, of the issuer. For someone to consider a Reg A, they need audited financials. They need a budget for a securities attorney who's going to be filing their offering circular with the SEC to get qualified. Uh, they need to pass our due diligence. Um, and that's not cheap, right? It's there. You, you do need to have a budget in place, and you need to have a budget in place to go and acquire assets and, and build out the technology and the app and the infrastructure and the marketing and the promotion. Um, if you're serious and if you have the, the the capital to kind of pursue that, uh, and if you pass our bad actor checks and background checks, etc., we could be helpful. 
right? Um, so, uh, but ultimately, you know, we do have an, a, a, a nominal upfront fee that we charge. But our upside really is aligned with the success of the issuer. Uh, we're, we, we make a percentage of, of all funds that are raised for the Reg A. Um, so we want to see you succeed, and we're going to do everything we can to, to make sure that happens. For the lawyers in the back, a quick disclaimer. You understand that by listening to this podcast, you are not receiving financial advice. No content published here constitutes a recommendation that any particular security, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. You alone are solely responsible for determining whether an investment, security, or strategy, or any other product or service is appropriate or suitable for you based on your investment, objectives, and personal financial situation. Please speak with a financial advisor to understand if the risks inherent in trading are appropriate for you. Trade at your own risk. Bum, bum, bum.